This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. blowing this morning come on in everyone's welcome bring ye swords bring ye mead because we've got news to talk about what's going on everybody howie roseman is alive and he is uh shipped on over darius slay uh, via joey uh, josina anderson josina anderson on top of everything eagles who could have imagined uh this type of offseason going into then the full crew is here we've got our pirate hats on well at least I have my pirate hat on. I will not speak for James Seltzer. I will not speak for Elliot Shore Parks, but I am glad that they are with us. Glad that you are too. James, how are you doing, sir? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I had to come on. I I wasn't able to record, and yet here I am. That's what a Darius Slay trade will do for you. I'm pumped. I... Uh, Yesterday, all the news, I know you guys talked uh, about, you know, the Malcolm Jenkins thing and uh, Mills and McLeod coming back and all this stuff. And it really felt to me like, all right, this is a true blue rebuilding year. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. it's not a true blue rebuilding year. Maybe it is a bit of a retooling in a different way. Um, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited right now. And uh, as Elliot Shore Parks always says, Social media never lies, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, Elliot, I mean, uh, you even posted the stat. Darius Slay has not allowed a 50-plus-yard play happen, uh, uh, or sorry, two of them over the course of 6,000-plus snaps, uh, and the two that he gave up were his rookie year. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, and I know people are going to be concerned about last year and kind of a down year and why is Detroit getting rid of him in a, in a lot of this, but, um, this is the corner that, uh, you need to run Jim Schwartz's defense, at least in my opinion. And, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. How uh, excited should Eagles fans be right now? Man, there is just truly no roller coaster like Eagles Twitter during free agency. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the high 
today. I mean, just being on Twitter, seeing everything that's happening, it's it's always exciting. And uh, as you mentioned, James, me and Barchard recorded after the Jenkins news and all that, and the mood was a little different. We'll put it put it lightly. Oh yeah, the mood yeah. was slightly different. Um, here's what I would say about Darius Slay. He's better than Byron Jones. Number one, he's a Ooh. better quarterback than Byron Jones. Ooh. So yeah, so this is uh, a good move by the Eagles. Um, well, we can talk about the player and then talk about the compensation. I think those are two different conversations. Um, sure. I think I think in general, like I, I would have been fine if they didn't invest a ton in cornerback. I think that the pass rush is where you invest. The cornerbacks have been fine over the last few years. Overall, yeah, there's been certainly some very ugly games and moments, but overall, the defense has been you know better than the offense the last two years. So I really wasn't in the give big money to a cornerback camp. I really liked Bradbury, but I was okay when they didn't do that. So I, I think that it's a lot to pay for Darius Slay, right? It's it's almost $17 million a year. He's going to be 30 at the end of this season. I do think it's a lot to pay. That being said, Darius Slay is a very, very good player. Like, once you take the economics out of it, Darius Slay is the best cornerback they probably could have gotten this offseason. Um, he makes plays. I mean, the dude just makes plays he averages one interception for every five games he plays over 103 games like that's that's impressive that's that's a guy that consistently finds his way around the ball and that was my big thing with byron jones was this guy's going to come in here and he's not going to be a difference maker there's going to be moments where uh darius slay gets beat although that stat certainly proves it won't be for very many yards but because he's a risk taker but he's going to make plays that are going to change games this season for the eagles and that's incredibly important for a cornerback. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be a little more, I guess, wait and see mode because I, although I am excited and I do agree with Elliot, like Darius Slay is is a much better corner than than Byron Jones uh, at both of their points of their careers, and honestly, uh, Darius has more talent uh, to be honest with you. And right now, yeah, he's and, a better cornerback right now. Yes, yeah. uh, and he is the guy that you can literally point at and. Go go cover him for the entire game. And there are not a lot of people that can do that in this league. It's why I think they were so interested in trying to get Patrick Peterson done so many times. And then they, once they realized that the Cardinals just aren't going to do that, they aren't going to move him, that's when you end up looking at Darius Slay. And, and overall... Um, you know, this is this is going to be a lot different. It's I'm still James. Here's where I'm still a little concerned in terms of of what's next here. And listen, uh, Hargrave and and though and uh, Slay being here are amazing additions, and that is an improvement overall. Um, and, and I'm curious, do you agree with Elliot that it was a lot to pay in your eyes? Uh, are you just as nervous as just? You know, hey, it all sounds great in the beginning, but uh, it is a lot, and there's a chance that this thing could blow up in in everybody's face here. Uh, I, I just I feel so much comfortable with Darius Slay, um, uh, being being that guy at least. Like he understands the hype and all that stuff. So, uh, wh- where are all you? Uh, excuse me, James. Where are you on that with uh, w- with all that stuff? The value, what he's going to bring here, and do you feel comfortable now that you can kind of cross this one uh, off the list in terms of a need? Yeah, look, uh, I feel incredibly comfortable with Darius Slay, the player. Like we talked about, Elliot pointed out some of the numbers. He's just, like Elliot talked about, he's a big play cornerback. He's someone who wants to go out there and cover the best guy on the other team. You know, that's that's an attitude thing. That's a toughness thing that the Eagles haven't had that guy here in a long time. You know, we haven't had that type of corner who wanted to go out and be the best in the league since, like, Asante Samuel. And Asante Samuel was nowhere close to as good as Darius Slay. I mean, Darius Slay is a true blue top-tier cornerback. 
Um, and again, we've had so many problems at that position and, and guys like Ronald Darby, you know, we got excited about that, but he wasn't proven. Darius Slay has proven in the NFL that he could play this position at the highest level. And I think it's massive. I mean, it's been something that has been an issue for this team, even as a Super Bowl champion for years. You know, this has always been the the cornerback thing, cornerbacks and wide receivers. We had the one year in 2017 with Patrick Robinson, but even then, it's not like everyone else was a a, a shutdown type of corner that year. So um, I, I think it's a really big move. I'm fine with the compensation from a draft pick perspective, a third and a fifth. I think a lot of people, as we talked about, were expecting it to – you know, maybe go as high as a second. I was fine giving up a third plus, so I have no problem with that. From a monetary perspective, I think we still have to see kind of how the contract is structured, too. There's always those kinds of caveats there, especially where, you know, with the new CBA, we're expecting the, the cap to go up. We'll see what happens. Obviously, there's a lot of balls in the air with a lot of different things, as we know. Yeah. Um, but I think that that Slay makes uh, just so much sense for this team. He's the right age for this three-year window they're talking about. And again, I do think that that you're seeing that they just wanted to get younger. I mean, Howie said that. Howie said a lot of things and we're like, what do we believe? What don't we believe in all that? They want to get younger and they're doing that. And I think Slay is not necessarily getting that much younger than what you had before at that position, but you're getting younger in other spots. They're moving on from Malcolm Jenkins, which... I know a lot of people were upset about, but I think it's really how he is making moves now. And I think the Hargrave move is a, a perfect example of that, of guys who he feels are not only going to help this team this year, but really help this team over the next three years. I think that and how he said that. And we all were like, you know, it's hard to take how he at face value with anything he yeah. says. I think of all the things he said, it's they're looking at three years right now and they're trying to build for a three year window. I think it's really interesting. And I, I didn't talk to you guys about the Hargrave move, but I, I absolutely love that guy. And it's yeah. one of those guys where, you know, the the rudimentary, but I think really good way to tell how good a player is, is when you go to the fans of that team and they're all super upset they lost that guy. Every Steelers fan I know is devastated that this guy left. You know, he is someone who I think is going to make a big difference here, building through the line. So I like that idea of getting that young guy. I know it's not necessarily a position of need, so to speak, but I think you can never have enough talent at that spot of the field. So um, I feel really good about these two moves. I think the defense is going to be better. I think that's something that, you know, Elliot's talked a lot about how a Jim Schwartz defense is going to be good to begin with. I think it could be really good with these moves they're making and maybe another move on the horizon. Oh. Um, it's just funny because we talk so much about adding to the offense, right? It's been yeah. offense, offense, offense. Howie this offseason has made a concerted effort to not just add to this defense, but to also kind of revamp it and make it a defense that they believe can carry, you know, the next two, three years forward. Um, so I, I'm I'm really excited with this move. I'm excited with where they're headed with the defense, especially with like we'll get to maybe other moves. <laughs> Hold on. So we're real quick because yeah. James just basically had an entire podcast there of points. I'm excited he, <laughs> he 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 was on. He obviously had a lot pented up to say. So a couple things really quick. I think it's interesting how with Byron Jones, the big selling point was basically like, okay, here's your young corner. You go out and get like Byron Jones was 27, and I mean Darius Lee is 29. And I went and I looked, and when you look at the snaps in their career, which in a lot of ways matters more than their age. I mean that is one thing with Malcolm. Malcolm played a lot of snaps, so he was in some ways an old 32. I still would have kept him. Don't get me wrong, but he had a lot of mileage on his body. Darius Slay has played 6,300 snaps in his career. Byron Jones is at right around 5,700. Two years younger, you know. So I mean, there, there's, there's not a huge difference there. 
difference there in terms of uh, wear and tear on the body. I do disagree with you, James. I mean, Darius Slay is very good. I think saying he's considerably better than Asante Samuel is a stretch to me. I mean, Asante Samuel, like borderline Hall of Fame player, or at least well, like let's not get carried away here. I mean. The, like, the dude was an interception machine. He I mean, was an interception machine, but he also had a lot of deficiency. Like, Darius Slay's a much more complete player. How about that? Yeah. That's fair. I will say that. I just, all right, I was, I noticed, I just, when, when you heard you say that, I was kind of, I think he's away. better than Asante, too, for what it's worth. Just in, just uh, in terms maybe of Maybe not that. much, much better, but, but a better. Very player. close, if you're going to, uh, um, same, maybe, I, maybe I, comparable. Here, here's, I, here, here, I think I'll even add to it. The, the difference between those two guys, uh, Darius Slay is incredibly disciplined. You know, like Asante's big thing was, always going to make you confused because maybe I'm going to run the zone coverage that you want me to run, or maybe I'm just going to you know, play on my own and do whatever. Uh, I, I think Darius is, is, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like He's assignment, he's technique, he's getting to the spot where you need to. Uh, that's why he has so much success against everybody. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, well, the only thing I was going to say was, so the guy's nickname is Big Play Slay. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just... Honestly, there's certain things in life that you just know are going to work out. I can't imagine a cornerback with the nickname Big Play Slay is not going to work out. I mean, put him <laughs> in number 21, get Ronald Darby out of here, and I just don't see any way this doesn't work out, honestly, yeah. based off of those two things alone. Um, the other thing I'll say is the Eagles clearly are prioritizing the defensive line again, right? This is a huge contract for a cornerback, but Hargrave was their initial move. They targeted him going into free agency. One thing you do like about Slay in this defense is if the pass rush is as good as they expect it's going to be, quarterbacks are going to be making snap decisions. They're going to be throwing on the run. They're going to be right all that stuff. That is the type of defense you want Darius Slay in because he is really good at making plays on the ball. The most pass breakups in the league since 2015, which tells me he's always around the ball. He'll get beat, but he's always there. And when you have cornerbacks that are making rush decisions, I think there's going to be a lot of chances for him to go and, and you come away with interceptions. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and especially against one of those guys that you're going to face in the division, and that's Amari Cooper, and I know that's been kind of flying around the internet um, since the Slay trade kind of came up here, and if you're going to choose a guy that your rival just invested a lot of money in that's going to be around, you might as well go get the guy that has a ton of success against them, and Mike Clay from ESPN obviously points this out too. In 2015, Slay uh, shadowed Cooper, who I believe that's his second year in the league. Somebody can correct me on that. I can't remember if it's 2014 or 15 was his draft class. I'm pretty sure it's 14. Uh, so it was, nah, it was, uh, it was third. Oh, Cooper's. Yes, I was Darius, Darius Slay was 2013. Yes, yeah. that that is that is true. Uh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure this is Cooper's second year. Uh, 20 out of his 27 routes. Uh, zero catches, three targets uh, on those times uh, that he was out there. And then, of course, in 19, uh, shadowed him with a line of 18, or excuse me, 838 and zero touchdowns. And uh, a bunch of people have pointed out, and rightfully so, uh, that's when Amari started to get a uh, little bit more, I think, hurt from the uh, his hamstring or whatever he was dealing with there. Michael Gallup, I know, I torched him a couple of times. Uh, wasn't the greatest year for Darius Slay last year, but... You know, that is that's a big part of this. Like, just think of that for a minute. When is the last time that you've ever been able to say, even in Jim Schwartz's uh, defenses, that like, hey, man, I need you to go cover this guy for the entire game. That's here now. You know, that's what's exciting. Hey, uh, we need to take away Amari Cooper and we will find a way to deal with Gallup and whoever else at the Dallas Cowboys sign. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to the their moves and what they've done at some point at some pod. But you know, uh, that's that's a big part of this, too. And, uh, uh, James, I'm going to come back to you on this one, and I'd love to to know Elliot's uh, take on this, too. Doesn't it feel like this was always their intended target? I mean, 
I know the the link from the the uh, the trade deadline when they were uh, trying to do this there, and Detroit was trying to get that second round pick out of them. But uh, yes, of course, we all know that they, it wasn't that they were weren't interested in Byron Jones. I I think it's just I think how he did it. I think this was a big smokescreen to drive the value down uh, to get it to that third and fifth because it didn't seem like there was a lot of people knocking on the door. The the teams that were asking for things right now, it didn't really make a ton of sense for them and where they're building. I don't know, uh, James. I think this was always their intended target, and was never can Byron I, Jones. Can I? Sorry, can I jump in, James? Actually, I hate to do this to you, yeah. but I, I mean, I just I know for a fact they tried to sign Byron Jones first. I, like, I agree they've always had interest in Darius Slay. Okay. Like, they tried to trade from last year at the trade deadline, but their plan going into free agency, from what I understand, was Byron Jones, and it didn't work out. And I think that's why they moved so quickly to Darius Slay. But I, I do think that this was Plan B. To, to Byron Jones being planned. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess that answers that question all around here. <laughs> Sorry, you were on such a roll. I didn't want to interrupt you. But. No, well, no, no, no. I do think, though, and I agree with Elliot. I think, look, everything we heard was they were in on Byron Jones. I don't think that came out of nowhere. But I think one of the things that Howie has shown the last few years, and I know people have gotten mad at him about it, but whether it's, you know, the Ramsey trade or, you know, uh, this move or that move or whatever, is that Howie is not going to get boxed into something. And I appreciate that. You know, to use a, a crude analogy, like whenever you're doing a, a fantasy draft or an auction or whatever, you're always looking for value. You're always looking for saying, all right, like, I really like these players, but you know what? If they go for too expensive, then I'm going to pivot and I'm going to go to something else. I think that's the mark of a good GM. And I know that Howie has had some flaws lately, and I'm not saying he's the best in the league or anything like that, but I appreciate that he is not getting so laser focused on one move or one guy and going in and saying, this is the guy we have to get no matter what, that he is able to pivot and he's able to say, all right, that's too many years. That's too much money. We're going to pivot and we're going to go with this move, which we also like a lot. I think that that I agree with Elliot. I think Byron Jones was their number one target. But at the same time, I think how he went in with multiple plans. And I think that that is something that he should be commended for, that he didn't just get locked in on one thing and do that thing at the expense of it being a smart move. I think he's willing to pivot. And I think that's, in general, the sign of a good general man. Well, let, me ask, let me ask you guys this. Like, so... Obviously, if we if we you know their first plan was Byron Jones. Byron Jones got around sixteen point six per year. I think I forget what the full guarantees were. Um, I, I think we're all going to be on the same page here, but I at least just want to ask you guys. I would have rather given up a three and a five and paid Dar and paid Darius Slay what he got paid. But I I think that there is at least a discussion or a debate to be had about would you have rather just gone the extra mile, get Byron Jones, and given up and saved your three and your five. No, because I can't guarantee that Byron Jones is going to be the thing that that ends up working out, and I still don't know, you know, if <laughs> that still spooks me out to be honest with you. Like I, I, I understood where everybody was coming with Byron Jones that he was this next elite in his prime shutdown corner, but like there's, I don't know, there's literally another one that that can do more than 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 he can do at this moment. So. Uh, there's no way that you can convince me that this team was going to be able to, you know, take a third and a fifth and turn that into whatever Darius Slay is going to get you for the next three years here too, or get up to that level over the next three years. At least to me, James, I'm very comfortable giving up the three and the five. Yeah. Also, I think the years matter. You know, the the less years is something they're looking for, but also I think it's a scheme fit thing. You know, I think Darius Slay just fits this defense really well. He's an excellent man-to-man -man guy. He's someone who you can 
put on a receiver, and I know they don't shadow a lot in this defense. Maybe Jim Schwartz will adjust a little bit, but just well, in terms changing. of yeah, like yeah, and but also just in terms of like LA, you say this all the time. Like Jim Schwartz leaves his cornerbacks out on an island. You know, yep. uh, cover that dude. Darius Slay can do that. Darius Slay is a really good fit for what the Eagles do. So I think from that perspective, too, I think that is something that that went into the thinking and, and that certainly for me makes Slay a little bit better option. I'll be interested to see what the contract looks like. I mean, we know the average is around $17 million. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Normally, Howie likes to backload his deals where the, the cap hit the first year is lower. I actually think in this case, you might see the opposite. Um, just because Eagles do have cap space this year, and next year, Fletcher Cox and uh, Carson Wentz's cap hits really go up. And yeah. it does actually for Hargrave as well. Hargrave, I think, triples from from this year to next year. Uh, and also, I think because of Slay's age, I don't think the Eagles are going to want to put themselves in a situation where when he's 32, you're paying this guy you know, a $19 million cap hit. So I bet when it comes out, we'll see a, a little bit of a different structure than how he normally gives. And also from Slay's perspective, one of the things I heard was his concern wasn't as much per year. It was just the guaranteed money. And I would bet that he, he obviously is going to want as much money as possible up front. So I think both sides, it could work out. And Elliot, I'm going to stick with you on this too, just in case that you know something that <laughs> me and James don't know, so I don't get caught up in that in the second time. Isn't it uncanny, the amount of power that Jim Schwartz has on this defense in personnel moves yeah. and everything else? Like now this is a, you, we thought that they were, or at least I thought they might uh, de, de, you know, defer from this route, but it looks like here is the corner I need, Howie. Here is the pass rusher I need. If you want me to create the defense then in how this is supposed to work perfectly, let me pick my own groceries this time. That's what it feels like to me, at least, Elliot. Yeah, I mean, because Jim Schwartz has earned that, right? You know, I mean, yeah. Jim Schwartz is the head coach of the defense. The defense is... And again, people get upset about the defense, and there's certainly games where they play poorly, right? Minnesota, Dallas last year, at least the first game. But overall, the defense is what it is. They give up around 20 points per game. They're really good in the red zone. And the pass rush, for the most part, has been pretty good. So I think Jim Schwartz has earned the right to say, I want this guy. No, I want this guy. And I think this is what's what's happening here. James, agree with that? Oh, yeah. Well, I certainly think that he has some pull um, a lot more than any defensive coordinator does. But I also think that this is, you know, uh, it's just a, a makes sense. Like Darius Slay made sense for this team. I think it's, you know, anyone could see that, but yeah, yeah, I definitely think that I definitely think Jim Schwartz has more pull than, than your average defensive coordinator, as far as, as you know, personnel on the defensive side of things. But I also think again, that, you know, they've gotten into some trouble with that too, with certain guys. So I, I do think that, I think that, again, the, the number one thing that Howie's been doing, it, it appears, is he's trying to move this team forward. He's trying to move it into that next window like we've talked about. And I think Darius Slay, Hargrave, like those are guys that make sense for a, a three-year run. Yeah, uh, so do I. I, uh, I. you know, And again, I hope our eyes are all telling us the same thing because this is – this is something that, you know, we've been wanting for a very, very long time. So all those times that we've been impressed by corners uh, and being like, wow, and wow, and wow, that's going to completely ramp up uh, whenever uh, training camp does start. And uh, I'm sure we'll be all drooling for, for you know things at that point, too. But uh, there is something else, some matters at heart. And honestly, if it breaks during the podcast again, you know, I'm not going to be mad. Uh, but Elliot... Um, as you say, social media never lies. And uh, what is social media not lying about at this current state and time? So Jason Lockenfora comes out and reports that the Eagles have a lot of interest in uh, Yannick and Gakpo. Sound a little muffled but, too, by the way, buddy. 
Sorry. Sorry. Just... I tried to, you know, so it's a little behind the scenes baseball. I don't have a desk I'm working with right now. <laughs> holding, holding the mic up. I tried to lean a little and obviously that didn't work. So <laughs> let me let, let me start that over. Jason Lockenfora, CBS, uh, also Radio.com NFL Insider, is reporting that the Eagles have a lot of interest in Yannick Ngakwu, the uh, defensive end out of Jacksonville. Um, Josina Anderson tweeted that something else might be in the works. Didn't reference the Eagles, but as we know, everything has to do with the Eagles. So, but but outside of that, Yannick has liked two tweets on Twitter, both yeah, related buddy. to the Eagles. One about Jim Schwartz and how much he likes pass rushers. The other one about how good he would look at the Eagles. So as I and and those are the only two tweets he's liked in the last twenty hours. Yes, too. correct, correct, yes. So this is obviously very similar to last year when Melvin Gordon followed a bunch of Eagles on Instagram, and then there was a report a few days later that the Eagles tried to make a trade for Melvin Gordon. So I I think it's pretty clear that the Eagles are in on Yannick. Um, I even think based off the social media that Yannick b- either wants to come here or believes he's coming here. So yeah. I think there is a lot of smoke there. And one of the reasons I think there's a lot of smoke is – with Melvin Gordon, it was it was a little weird. Like it obviously ended up making sense. The Eagles apparently tried to trade for him, but it was just a little weird they were trying to do it. There is nothing weird about how he trying to trade for Yannick. I mean, he is an absolute stud pass rusher. He would be the best defensive lineman they have. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's only twenty four years old, which is yeah. literally insane when you consider how much he's already accomplished in this league. Consistent uh, guy getting sacks, always after the quarterback. I would give up in a heartbeat number 21 overall for him. Yeah, I wouldn't even think twice about it. And by the way, <laughs> oh my God, if that happens, James. I already said I'm going to Superman Hadouken every line of code that Twitter has ever put out. Like if I didn't even think that was a, uh, a realm of possibility, even though I know, I know we discussed it in the back of our minds of like, this is where your head should be if you're going to make a major, major, huge splash, you know, uh, Yannick is the guy to go in and and do this, and I know people are like seem very hesitant about this because they're dead set on wide receiver and all this other things that are clearing up here, James. But b- bring him here, like don't he? I, I I'm not even thinking twice about it. Whatever you got to do to go get him and pay him, uh, if if you end up with Slay and then Goku uh, at the end of uh, you know this off season uh, right before the draft, please please God give me that. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. I don't know if you'd have to give up. A one. I really don't. You know, he is someone who is uh, the franchise tag. You know, uh, it doesn't have a lot of leverage. I'm talking about the Jaguars. Do not have a lot of leverage here. He doesn't want to play there. I mean, at best case, they franchise him and he's forced to play a year there. That doesn't seem like a real viable situation for a team that is clearly kind of moving towards a rebuilding phase again. Um, you know, has moved on from Foles. They're handing the keys over to Gardner Minshew. The moves they've made already this offseason, trading Jalen Ramsey last, you know, season during the season. This is a team that they don't want Yannick Ngakwe back on a big contract to play for one year. They don't want that. Uh-uh. Like, that is not their preferred situation. So, obviously, it only takes one other team to get the bidding up to that. But I honestly think they could get him for less than one. I think maybe a two and a four or something like that is something that is legitimately possible here. Um, Regardless, I'm with you guys. I would give up the one if that's what it took, even with having to sign him to the contract. He's 24 years old. He's a premier pass rusher. That is, as we've all talked about, you know, as big a position of need as this team has this offseason. I would really like to see them get a young stud-ish wide receiver in this draft, someone you could put with Carson Wentz and say, 
you guys go grow together. This is your guy. You yep. know, let's move forward. And I think that's really possible, especially if they don't have to give up 21. Maybe you can give up next year's first. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of scenarios that I could see this playing out in. But ultimately, on a basic level, yes, I'd do it. Yes, I'd pay him. Let's go. Uh, uh, I think one way I one way I always look at these trades when you talk about like would you give up X pick for a guy like if Yannick was in this year's draft he would not last to number twenty one overall he's oh, only no twenty yeah yeah right I mean this guy's probably the I don't top know, five pick in yeah top, I was gonna seven say top pick seven, or something like right yeah, I mean so sure. so from that perspective I'd absolutely do it I'd also say this that at twenty one I don't think you're getting any of the top three guys I I would be perfectly okay with giving up twenty one for Yannick and then figuring out a way to get KJ Hamler. And then I think you feel really good about the two players you end that draft with, with at least obviously out of your first two rounds, you'd you'd have some picks after that. So I I would definitely do it. And tell me if you guys think I'm crazy for this and I'm probably looking too much into it. But last year when the Eagles had the situation they had with Nick Foles, where they could have franchised them, right? And they didn't. I think part of that was because they just didn't think it was right thing to do financially but they did just kind of let him walk to jacksonville yeah like do you think there's any goodwill there where it's like you know okay we'll deal with you we get him out of the nfc you did us a bit of a favor last year nah i don't think so uh, just because the Foles thing didn't work out for them and all that i know what you're saying maybe there's a relationship between those teams possibly but again i i like I the thing i keep going back to is jacksonville's leverage and i just feel like oh 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 Yo! Whoa! Hey, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, just uh, just a just a simple Eagles emoji. Dot 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 vulture. Right now on Instagram on his stories. Uh, Wait, what? I kind of I kind of don't want to cut off the pod, uh, but uh, Ning- y- <laughs> Yannick Wait, just are you on- saying this is on Instagram or on Twitter on his on, on Instagram. his Instagram stories just well, now. It's a bird. It looks yeah, it looks like an eagle. It could be. It's an eagle. What? It's an eagle emoji. Dot 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 now, four times. We'll see. Yesterday, some I forget <laughs> what player it was. Uh, who was it? Could Somebody that ended too. up signing with the Falcons put out the Eagles emoji. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, uh, who was it? It was. Uh, oh, Fowler. oh yes, we had many. The, it's all the birds teams. The Vulture thing. So Seahawks, Falcons, Eagles. Those are the ones that pop to mind. <sighs> now the Vulture word is is. Well, let's break this down. Let's do some live action. Okay. <laughs> let's try and break yeah. this one down. So right. obviously the Eagles emoji clearly a very clear sign, especially when you combine it with his. Uh, Twitter active. Liking, yes, I think the combo of those two things is important. The question is, what do we make of the word vulture? Yeah, I'm trying to look up similar birds to vultures. Like at this they're point vulturing in time. me. Yeah, like yeah. they're coming in to vulture me away. Yeah, maybe he's saying be. like I'm an eagle, but I'll be a vulture after the quarterback. They're coming to swoop me up because you yeah, know maybe throwing and swoop up type of thing. <sighs> The vulture, according to Wikipedia, a scavenging bird of prey. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Uh, all right. Um, well, you know, I don't. I don't think we'll decode it at any uh, given time. But uh, I, I think there is a great chance that this podcast. I gotta say, when you when you started yelling, I thought I they thought, made a trade. Yeah. I was like <laughs> yeah. looking at Schefter's Twitter. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I immediately started <laughs> updating my uh, Twitter. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it's. I'm. I'm telling you, I think it's right. A. Uh, uh, we're we're gonna find out either way. Uh, At the very least, we're Giannis gonna find out today. 
Yannick feels there is a chance he is going to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an eagle. It looks like an eagle, that it's John right there. An eagle. Yeah. It is definitely an eagle. All right, I'm going to leave it up to you guys right now. Do we just bullshit for five minutes just to see where it goes, or do we end the pod right now, say goodbye to everybody? Pretty much uh, not flush the toilet on this one because we're all reacting to Darius Slay here, so it's still going to hang around, or... What, what do you guys think? We shut it down right now and uh, and see you I guys in a couple hours. <laughs> I think we shut it down and we do the emergency Yannick pod in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. We've already talked though. Yeah, I, I think we all know where we stand on what they should do, yes. what, what they will do. I mean, okay, good. We'll see. All right. Um, also, I would just like I'm, to say, I hope at one point in my life someone gets as excited about my Instagram post <laughs> as Archer just did about that. Like, if only to ever have a story as exciting as this right here. Uh, for and just for context, it was uh, yeah. I saw the the eagle first, so I thought he was like saying uh, something. Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, with that said, uh, Yari Mateys, play us out. We'll see you soon because I'm sure this is going to be crumpled up very, very, very soon. Please, God, give us give us the way. Okay, bye. Come on.